He's in the building! Drink the moment. Drink it. I said, empty your mind. Coquettish and coy. Ow. Ow. What? Yeah, there's people that are dying. The wickedly talented. More than great. It was historic. Crack is world. Good for you. I have to apologize. One of the hottest. Hello and welcome back to The Reheat, a podcast that re-examines the hottest celebrity news and scandals of yesteryear and asks, how would we react to the same events if they'd transpired today? I'm your co-host, Sarah Sahagian. And I'm Sadafa Sanya, other co-host. And in today's episode, we're going to get into one of the most iconic Hollywood romances of our time, that of Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Now, before we dive into this relationship and all its delicious highs and lows, Sarah, what did you make of this pretty odd couple back in the day? You know, I think that a lot of the preconceived notions I had about what heterosexual couples were supposed to look like at the time when I was a little girl were challenged by this couple because she was taller. I actually think it was just came down to height, right? I think it was so ingrained in us that men were supposed to be taller. So in some ways, I really appreciate that they challenged that notion, which I think is a more oppressive aspect of heterosexuality than even we realize. Otherwise, like, I wasn't old enough to see most of their movies, so I wasn't particularly invested in them. What about you? I was definitely too young to watch their movies. Did that stop me? No, it did not. <laughs> I watched Days of Thunder, Far and Away, Eyes Wide Shut. I loved them all. Not that they were all great. They did not all deserve that love. But I think <laughs> I was just so enamored by the two of them. I loved them. And I think partly because they were such an odd match. And let's be real, a lot of that had to do with the height. Yes, you're right. And also the fact that she was kind of this brand new thing and he was all already Tom Cruise, capital T, capital C. There was just something about the two of them together. Now, let's dig into it a little bit more. So Tom first laid eyes on Nicole in the film Dead Calm, which is very good. I highly recommend. She had been in Tokyo on a press tour for the movie when one day, no big deal, Tom gave her a call. Now, keep in mind, they hadn't met yet. So here was her reaction as she told it to Vanity Fair in 2002. Quote, I thought, wow, this is America. Tom Cruise wants to meet me. He made Top Gun and Cocktail the films I grew up watching. Now, soon, because he'd already fell a little in love with her after watching Dead Calm, and honestly, who wouldn't, he helped cast her in Days of Thunder, and the two were shooting in Daytona Beach, and the fireworks began. Nicole said, quote, he basically swept me off my feet. I fell madly, passionately in love. And as happens when you fall in love, my whole plan in terms of what I wanted for my life, I was like, forget it. This is it. I was consumed by it willingly, and I was desperate to have a baby with him. I didn't care if we were married. That's what I wished I'd done. Now, a few months later, Tom's divorce from actress Mimi Rogers was finalized and he proposed to Nicole. And just as a reminder, at this point, Tom was already very much a hot item. He'd already not only been married, but dated Cher. Yes, yep. Cher. His Risky Business co-star, Rebecca De Mornay, Heather Locklear, and Melissa Gilbert. He'd also already starred in The Outsiders, All the Right Moves, The Color of Money, Rain Man, Born on the Fourth of July. He was dominating. And he was covering every teen magazine and most tabloids. As for Nicole, she was only 22 compared to Tom's 28. And this was just her third project. She was an unknown in Hollywood. She was also a hell of a sight. You remember vintage Nicole Kidman. She had those big, swooping, red 
curls, the big blue eyes. And let's get into the heights. She had very strong 5'10 energy. Mm-hmm. Now, she was also very introverted, very shy. She still is kind of that way. Whereas Tom, I think we all know, is wilder, much zanier, to be generous. And he is 5'7". <laughs> and again, as Sarah said, there is not a thing wrong with short men. In fact, again, that was one of both of our favorite points about these two. She often towered over him and she said herself that he never minded her in heels and the higher the better. That is a secure man, seemingly. Sarah, what did you make of the way these two looked together? They're both incredibly beautiful physically. Um, And they were also striking because, as we have said, the height difference was not one we were used to. We were used to sort of the woman being maybe 5'7 and the man being 5'10 or over six feet because it's Hollywood and a lot of actors are very tall. And so you couldn't look away because not only were they beautiful, but that made them interesting too. So many Hollywood couples are generically beautiful, but they were more striking for that reason. They gave you something to think about, something to talk about. It was really cool that he was confident enough in his masculinity to be with a much taller woman who also was wearing heels. Like, I respect that about him. I don't respect a lot about Tom Cruise, um, but I respect that about him. (laughs) (laughs) But they're also just so hot. Like, regardless of their height difference, they're so, so attractive. Yeah, they are. And I will say, and I know that this is a very controversial statement, but I am a big fan of both. (laughs) Now, mind you, I know how problematic Tom Cruise is, but I cannot help but enjoy him because he is such a bizarre persona. I also love his movies. Come on. That is Ethan Hunt right there. I even have a photo of the two of them where Tom is lovingly gazing up at her on a red carpet on a shelf somewhere. And I just look at it from time to time and I'm still wowed by their chemistry. There was something that they had and it was alive and all all of their movies. Now, one thing that I'm curious about, Sarah, is, you know, the way that their careers intersected at this point. Do you feel like she got a leg up because of Tom? Because that was what a lot of the feedback was at the time. You know what? A lot of people said that. And it's so misogynistic. This woman is a brilliant actor. This woman won Oscars after him. And I know people could say that that's because there was this degree of sympathy people felt after their divorce for her. But No, she obviously is a tremendous talent. She's also gorgeous, which counts for a lot in Hollywood. Yeah. Apparently, according to Hollywood, people who aren't gorgeous aren't talented. I mean, if you watch a movie, (laughs) the only talented people you get to see are very conventionally attractive. Yeah. She was born to be a movie star. I don't for a second think she wouldn't have been a movie star if she didn't end up with him. She's striking. You can't take your eyes off her. It's the height. It's the hair. It's the eyes. It's the porcelain skin. It's so many things. It's, you know, the fact that she also has thin privilege and white privilege and is just so conventionally gorgeous. She looks like a Renaissance oil painting. So, I don't for a second think that he made her a star. However, yes, the right relationship can expedite the process of becoming a star. She might not have become a star at 22 without him. That is so perfectly put, down to the oil painting, yes. Um, And I do think, yeah, we can't deny that Tom definitely did help expedite her process in Hollywood. I think that's the right word. But this woman, yeah, like she was going to be a movie star no matter what happened. Look at her. And also, yeah, she is up there. I would put her up there alongside Meryl Streep as the best of what we have right now. She is that fucking good. But also one thing that I really liked about the relationship, and actually Nicole only talked about this in the last couple of years after the Me Too movement happened, where she said, said one great thing about her relationship with Tom was that he afforded her a kind of quote-unquote protection from being sexually harassed and from being an assault victim in Hollywood. And that's 
not necessarily even about him specifically. It's about his star power as a man in Hollywood. And there's a lot to be said about that too, I think. Like, this was an airtight relationship. They were both getting things out of it clearly. Oh, yeah. There was clearly something special between these two, and it was so strong that it had Nicole feeling ways she never had before. She'd never even lived with a man before Tom, and then the two immediately shacked up. They would go on rides on his Harley together and go-kart at 3 a.m. <laughs> and go skydiving. She was very much in a relationship with my king, Ethan Hunt. It's like being on The Bachelor. You know how on The Bachelor they make you do all of those, like, stunts for dates? Like, that's what it sounds like. And listen, what's bad about that? That sounds amazing because this is in real life. (laughs) Clearly, it was a lot of fun. And as she told Vanity Fair, quote, I was willing to give up everything. I now see that as part of me. I'm willing to do that. I do it when I do a movie, too. I'm willing to go, yeah, bring it on. Consume me. Intoxicate me. I want to feel alive. I want to reel, basically. I was reeling with Tom, and I loved it, and I would have walked to the end of the earth. That meant giving up a lot of things that were very important to me. Now, that is a very wild quote, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's head over fucking heels. Mm -hmm. And it's also a very old school thing to say. I mean, not a lot of people, especially celebrities, talk that candidly about being in love now. It's almost kind of frowned upon. Sarah, what do you think when you hear that? She's such an artist. Like, she feels so deeply, (laughs) which is why she's a good actress, because she can just access this range of emotions. And I respect that about her. I feel like it's got to be helpful to be so in touch with your feelings. But like, man, I I don't think I could handle having that many feelings in a day. Yeah. Sarah, your husband, Brandon, is taking a lot of hits on this podcast episode. (laughs) No, I love him so much. I just like... Her whole, like, I met him and I immediately wanted to be with him and sacrificed everything for him. Like, I don't know, man. Wait for, like, the sixth date. See, you know, if you have the same taste in TV shows. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I mean, back (laughs) then, I was such a romantic and I loved this kind of shit. And I thought, oh, my God, amazing. She really found her prince. But uh, I've grown up and (laughs) I just kind of have to give it a little bit of a side eye. It's a lot. And it also, you know, the relationship escalated so quickly. So it definitely makes you kind of question a little bit. Now, one of the things that I feel like she was sort of giving up was her privacy. As someone who very much valued that then and today, this meant a significant departure from Nicole's usual way of life. As she said, quote, you're being watched and scrutinized and that slowly affects you. But it's also deeply romantic because it feels like there's only the two of you and you're in it together as if you're in a cocoon and you become very dependent on each other. (laughs) It's hard for me Mm -hmm. not to keep rolling my eyes. I mean, my God, she Mm -hmm. sounds unwell. Mm -hmm. But while she was gushing, for this man pretty much 24-7 and whenever they were spotted on pretty much every red carpet together for their films, they looked deeply in love and enamored and rarely let each other's hands go. The press had a very different idea, naturally. Nicole was considered rude, cold even, and never leaving Tom's side. And here's one of her most infamous quotes about the relationship on that. Quote, I felt I didn't deserve to be there in my own right and so throughout I wasn't there as Nicole, I was there as Tom's wife. Sarah, do you think she was in his shadow during this period? And I mean, what happens when you sort of surrender your life to someone at this stage? Well, I mean, it sounds like she has imposter syndrome, which is true of a lot of women. Yeah. I don't know. This is the thing. I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan. I, I respect that you are, Sadaf. I love that you are, right? Like, that's generous. <laughs> thank you. But because I know you don't. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> but I love you. And so I, I love Tom thank for you. you, right? Like, I'm trying to be happy Aww. for you that he makes you happy, right? I'm happy he makes you happy. But 
I do wonder if he was a good partner. Like, was he there as a cheerleader for her saying like, no, babe, like you're going to win an Oscar one day? Or was he like, oh, yeah, you look cute on my arm. Like, I don't know. I know that he liked that she was tall. But does that mean that he was a supportive husband overall? I don't know. He might just have liked that she was hot and looked like a model. I will say, but also this doesn't say much. Tom would say on red carpets, she's an incredible actress, whatever, whatever. He'd always be raving about her performances. But what is actually happening behind the scenes and in their relationship, we can't say. Mm -hmm. But now, so let's move a little forward. The two were building a family very quickly. After marrying on Christmas Eve, in 1990, they adopted two children. (laughs) That is a lot. Isabella, who was born in 1992, and Connor, who was born in 1995. Now, in a 2004 interview with Vanity Fair, Tom said, quote, seeing Nicole with Isabella, I see a whole other side to her. Sometimes I just stand back and watch, or I'll walk up the stairs and just stand there and listen to them play. Sometimes Nick will forget to turn that little baby speaker thing off, and I'll just sit there and listen to them. Those are the little moments in life when you stop and think, I want to make sure I'll remember this forever. I mean, they both sound disgustingly in love. That's what I will say. But building this family didn't come easy for the two. One year after they met and got together, Nicole experienced an ectopic pregnancy and lost the baby, which she said was a traumatic moment. A decade into their relationship and well after their two adoptions, she experienced a miscarriage. Now, very shortly after that, they would actually file for divorce. We'll get into that a little bit more later, but here she is talking about their fertility struggle on 60 Minutes in 2011. One that's been in the place of wanting another child or wanting a child knows the disappointment, the pain, and the loss that you go through um, trying and and struggling with Fertility is a, is such a big thing, and it's not something that I've ever run away from talking about. I've had a very very um, roller coaster ride with fertility. I just have, and I have. It has never been easy for me. So, to now be in this place where I have two gorgeous adopted children and two biological children, I'm just. I can't believe that's what's happened in my life. Now, she, by the way, is referring to the other two children, Sunday and Faith, she had with second husband Keith Urban years later. But Sarah, how do you think those fertility issues might have played a role between her and Tom? I don't know. I mean, anything that's very um, anxiety-inducing, like a fertility struggle, can make it difficult to feel really connected to your partner. And when it comes to fertility struggles, sex often becomes more mechanical. It becomes about the end result. Intimacy falls by the wayside. It can be very difficult to keep the love and to keep the romance alive. But I just have to say that I really respect Nicole Kidman for speaking candidly about this. Infertility, especially when she was going through the 90s and the early 2000s, was still a very taboo subject. I mean, another person who spoke boldly about this was Connie Chung, who doesn't get as much credit for that as she deserves. Yeah. Um, But I have to say that the women, the female celebrities who came out and spoke about this when there was still such a stigma, you know, they have so much courage and I respect them. But it is hard on your relationship. And that's not my opinion. I mean, I'm very privileged never to have gone through fertility struggles, but it's a fact that these are stressful. We know that from studies that I have read for my work. And I ha- my heart goes out to any couple or thruple or group of partners who are going through infertility struggles. 
Yeah, I'm with you. And this is one of those tricky things where we can't really guess what was happening. And it's also unfair to guess. But one thing I will say is they were one of the most famous couples at the time to adopt. It was kind of Mm -hmm. amazing that they were so verbal about it and open about it. And actually, adoption runs in Nicole's family. And she always said it was probably inevitable that she'd give it a shot. I think what was interesting is that it did become such a discussion topic around them when people were desperate to figure out what could have split them up. I think we are still very attached to the idea of the traditional family, and that doesn't include adoption. So the idea that these two couldn't have children on their own and biologically, I think, has people like scattering and panicking and thinking it must be because they couldn't have kids. And I think that's a little unfair. But again, we can't really know for sure. Clearly, it was something that was happening between them. Now, one can't discuss the Kidman Cruise Union without discussing the Church of Scientology, unfortunately. As a fan, this is where I know it all gets super problematic, I know. But Scientology is that wacko religion a lot of celebs and others follow. It's actually really more of an abusive and exploitative cult. That's not just my opinion, that's actual fact. Tom is its most passionate advocate and has become the face of it really over the years and is even good friends with its conversation controversial chairman, David Miscavige, who is a monster. Now, Tom converted to Scientology after marrying Mimi Rogers, a fellow Scientologist. He claims it's done a lot for him, including curing his dyslexia. Sure, Tom. (laughs) Now, he's donated an obscene amount of money to the church and even lobbied everyone from former French President Nicolas Sarkozy to former British Prime Minister Tony Blair to recognize Scientology as a religion in Europe. It is very hard to say all this without laughing. He also allegedly, and this is probably the worst, brought it to Jada Pinkett and Will Smith, Mm -hmm. who have long denied that they are Scientologists. However, they did briefly run a private Scientology school for children. So that's kind of hard to deny. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's also, by the way, been confirmed that those two are involved by former Scientologist Leah Remini, who has, since leaving the cult, become a very delightful anti-Scientology activist. And I Mm -hmm. encourage you to read a lot of what she said about it. Mm -hmm. Now, the church's chilling influence on Tom does not stop there. In 2004, three years after his split from Nicole, he became notorious for saying he believed psychiatry should be outlawed and is pseudo science, which is what the church believes. This is obviously bullshit. He even criticized actress Brooke Shields for using an antidepressant to treat her postpartum depression. It led to a notorious debate between him and, since disgraced, Today's Show host Matt Lauer, and to Brooke saying Tom, quote, should stick to saving the world from aliens and let women who are experiencing postpartum depression decide what treatment options are best for them. Amen. Now, Tom used his massive platform to further the stigma surrounding mental health. It was a shit show and frankly, disgusting. He did apologize to Brooke, but the damage was done. I mean, when people hear what you have to say about that, you have that big a platform, it's going to get into somebody's head. Very quickly, his persona became complicated and controversial and the church became inextricable from his fame. Sarah, when did you learn Tom was a batshit Scientologist? I think I was around 10 when I found that out. I think it was around the time of their divorce because I saw him on Oprah at some point. Maybe it was slightly before they got divorced. I think it was slightly before because Oprah was calling him out on being a Scientologist. Yeah. And he was trying to explain that, like, oh, you could be Catholic and be a Scientologist because there was this sort of rumor going around in Hollywood that he had pressured 
Nicole Kidman to convert, and she had been brought up a Catholic. Right. And so he was trying to defend himself by saying, oh, you could be both, but we choose to just be Scientologists. They're not mutually exclusive, but, you know, Nicole just chooses Scientology. It's not a cult, and I'm not forcing her to. I'm not sure if I remember this correctly. This is my recollection of what I saw as a child. Yeah. And from what I remember, Oprah was kind of incredulous. I could be projecting, (laughs) because I remember thinking, like, this doesn't sound like a healthy marriage. Like, it sounds like you may have forced her to convert to a cult. Yeah, sir, you might be onto something. Now, before we dive into that a little bit deeper, why don't we take a little bit of a break? Now, during his relationship with Nicole, it was no secret that Tom was a Scientologist. Nicole even openly said while she respected his faith, she herself was not a follower. She's very respectful. But there was Mm. a lot more to it. The biggest bombshell came in 2013 with Lawrence Wright's book, Going Clear, Scientology and the Prison of Belief, and Alex Gibney's 2015 documentary adaptation of that book. I highly recommend both. And both highlighted Tom's involvement in the church to quite a degree, Not only do they claim that the church, along with Miss Gavage, would choose and groom potential romantic partners for Tom, but that he Mm -hmm. would use church members as laborers who would even clean his bathroom floors for him with, if I remember correctly, toothbrushes. Gotta get it clean. (laughs) Yeah, gotta get into the little spots. Now, actress Nasneen Baniati, who was auditioned to be one of his girlfriends, yes, you heard me correctly, auditioned to be one of his girlfriends, compared this whole thing to, quote, white slavery. Oof. Now, here's the toughest part. Nicole's father was a well-established psychologist in Australia, and because the church does not believe in psychiatry, remember that, they considered him Mm -hmm. to be a suppressive person. Mm-hmm. A suppressive person in Scientology is basically an enemy to their religion, somebody who doesn't agree with their beliefs and therefore is just trying to suppress it. Um, yeah. And therefore, Nicole was considered a danger to Tom and to the church. It didn't help that while they were shooting Eyes Wide Shut in 2001 in the UK for a year, Tom spent little time with the church. One might say that was healthy. <laughs> Yeah, a little distance. Now, Miscavige felt Nicole was getting between them. And so heads of the church hired investigators to look into her and even tap her phone. That second part was actually at Tom's request because Miscavige was raising his suspicions. So they also put the couple through numerous audits, which are sort of like personal interrogations. And the notes from those sessions would go straight to Miscavige. Not weird at all. Sarah, imagine if your husband sent notes to me about your therapy sessions with him, if you two were going through those. That would be a little strange, right? Yeah, that's not normal. That's not okay. <laughs> like, this is why I don't like him. I, I do agree he's a, a really charismatic action star, but I can't get over how icky he is. You you have your head on, right? That's That makes sense. <laughs> now, here's a clip from the Going Clear documentary featuring one of the since-departed church henchmen that goes a little deeper into how this created a wedge between Nicole and her two children with Tom. And so I arranged through the Scientology's consigliere to get a private investigator who physically installed a wiretap on her home. And those tapes would come in. And I forwarded them to Dave Miscavige. The church then turned its attention to their adopted children to turn them against their mother and make sure that the custody went to Tom. 
Tommy Davis. He was my liaison who had to do all the things that it required to please Tom Cruise while he was being put through the Scientology hoops by me. He also was part of this whole re-education program so that they would conclude that their mother was a suppressive person. And that was successful. It was all going according to plan. And of course, Miscavige would really pump the oxygen into that little fire, you know. Miscavige was brilliant at flaming people's fears and building up their egos. Chilling. Now, it is widely believed that the church pushed Tom to divorce Nicole and is also what led to the distance between her, Isabella, and Connor, who have both been raised as Scientologists. Isabella even trained to be an auditor, which is a person who essentially does those little interrogation sessions about a person's past life, everything that's going on in their life right now, in hopes of supposedly getting rid of the negative influences in their lives. It's a lot of BS. Now, she did that with the help of Tom. After Nicole had her two younger daughters with second husband Keith Urban, whenever she would mention those children and didn't mention Connor or Isabella, the media would pounce and question why that was. It also didn't help that after their split, Isabella and Connor, who are now 28 and 26, chose to live with Tom for that entire duration after their split, or that they refused to call her mom, something Nicole revealed in 2007, shockingly very candidly, and said did bother her. Here's what she had to say about all of this in 2018 to Who magazine. Quote, they are adults. They are able to make their own decisions. They have made choices to be Scientologists. And as a mother, it's my job to love them. Sarah, there is so much to unpack here. But do you believe Scientology is what actually came between Tom and Nicole and her and the children? It's probably not just one factor, but I would say this is likely the largest one. I was not privy to the inner workings of their marriage. But come on, this is a conspiracy against Nicole that happened and the church executed it. Like, and oh God, she just breaks my heart by talking about how it's her job to love them. Like, she's such a good mom. At least, I mean, maybe it's different behind the scenes, but that is what you say. Like, I'm going to love them even when they are distanced from me. And my heart just goes out to her. It breaks for her. Oh my God. I, I had... An epiphany. Oh, please share. Tom Cruise for you is what the royal family is for me. Oh! Where it's like, I know the royal family is bad. Like, I know monarchy is bad, but I love them. I feel like it's a similar thing. That is flawless chef's kiss. I think you will get more sympathy from our listeners than I will. But I think that's spot on. And I will say, and I think it's for a similar reason, because there's an entertainment of value. The more you hear about this nonsense that we've been talking about, it's absurd. It's so absurd that it makes him almost this clownish figure. But then when you hear these details about how it impacted the relationship, it's really hard to sympathize with it because, yeah, I agree with you. It's actually devastating because she really did Mm -hmm. lose her relationship with these two children. That really is the case. And them staying with Tom, I think, says a lot. Them deciding to be Scientologists says a lot. Isabella actually choosing to be actively involved in the church says a lot. I don't think Nicole was a suppressive person. You know, even when she spoke in the media, she was very respectful about Scientology. Scientology, which is actually impressive because as somebody who is pretty candid, she could have said anything she wanted and she never did. I will say in the past couple of years, the rumors have been that she's had a pretty good relationship with the two. Take that how you will because 
the extent of it is that we've seen Isabella liking a few of Nicole's Instagram posts. We can't actually know what's going on behind the scenes. Nicole has said that it's been a lot better, so that makes me happy. But, um, you know, what can we say about a man who allows his cult to get between him and his family? I mean, it's insane. You were married to Nicole Kidman and you let David Miscavige get between you? How? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That man, by the way, is another little weasel of his own. And he's we'll the get worst. into that he's the maybe worst. in another. <laughs> yeah. So after 11 years of marriage, Tom and Nicole would, sadly to me, but probably good for Nicole, announce their divorce in 2001, which set off a massive shockwave around Hollywood. Nicole was open about the fact that it had been Tom's idea and was also a complete surprise to her. She told People Magazine shortly after, quote, our life together was perfect. It took me a very long time to heal. It was a shock to my system. That was a great relationship. I think it ran its course. I was really damaged and not sure whether love and marriage was ever going to happen again to me. Now, the rumor is that Tom's go-to response on this was, quote, Nicole knows why. Dun, dun, dun. No, I guess that's a rumor. It's a bit ridiculous, but it could be possible. Who knows? I think the explanations, though, for the split were many. We don't actually know what's true because neither of them have ever confirmed it, which is also interesting. You know, it's been years and they've never really said what happened. But those rumors of why they divorced ranged from the fertility issues to suggestions that one of them had to be gay to Scientology being what came between them. After all, the split came just after the two filmed Eyes Wide Shut which is when Nicole said they'd never been happier, but when the church had also said it was never more suspicious of her and had to get involved. Mm -hmm. So it kind of does line up if you look at it that way. According to the divorce papers, Nicole even suggested counseling, but Tom refused. Nicole had to do countless interviews in that time and was actually super candid, again, as usual. Here's a clip of her discussing the divorce with Oprah shortly after. I'm in a position where if I start to answer any of the stuff then there's we have two children who are eight and six who are the most important things to us and um and as a mother my job now is to protect them protect them from anything or any scrutiny that they're going to get um and and in terms of what they're going to read and what they're going to see when they're 16 17 or 15 i'm trying desperately now to protect that so that they don't say, mommy, look, this was written about it, this was that. So that any information they get comes from um, Tom and, and, and me. But all I will say is it's been awful. It's, it's one of those things where you just say, uh, I cannot believe this is happening to me, mm-hmm. but I will move forward day by day. Now, Nicole was also very firm on the fact that their marriage was real. She kind of had a habit of always pointing that out because I guess people thought it was all a publicity stunt. Tom's style was not to be quite as open, but to instead file lawsuit after lawsuit whenever anything Mm -hmm. was printed about their split. In that 2002 Vanity Fair interview, Nicole said, quote, I personally don't believe in doing huge lawsuits about that stuff. Tom does. That's what he wants to do. That's what he's going to do. You do not tell Tom what to do. That's it. Simple. And he's a force to be reckoned with. And God, if that doesn't give us a clue into what their dynamic was like, I don't know what does. Here's Tom in a very rare moment opening up about the split in an interview with Barbara Walters in 2002. So it has been a year, deliberate or not, where uh, people have given her empathy and sympathy. And to a degree, you've come out the bad guy. You know, you talk about being a good guy and trying to do the right thing. It's 
anyone who's been in a relationship knows that's not how it goes down. And I think that that it's something that is between us. Let me ask you one question that you can say yes or no to. <laughs> Nicole reportedly suffered a miscarriage shortly after you filed for divorce. Did that pregnancy have anything to do with your decision? No, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. It's never uh, simple like that. Obviously, Tom does not give us much here. Mm-hmm. No, Barbara notes that he was vilified after their split, and he definitely was. But Nicole also had a tougher time during their relationship, the way that the media was kind of eyeing the two of them all those years. But it does seem like someone had to be the enemy from this divorce, and it was very easy to put Tom and his lawsuits in that mm-hmm. box. And I do have to say, I mean, it's devastating to hear someone who was so in love with this man and then say that they don't even understand why it came to an end, that they didn't even see it coming, especially after they had this beautiful year making a beautiful Mm -hmm. movie. Sarah, what do you make of the way they both responded to the divorce and handled it in the media? Well, my the conspiracy theory in my home about why they got divorced abruptly shortly before their 10th anniversary. Yes, please, let's hear it. Was because, um, so, I mean, my father's a lawyer, so we we talked a lot about the law growing up. Uh, in the state of California, all prenups are null and void after 10 years. Mm. So if you're going to leave someone after the 10-year mark, you're going to have to give them half of your stuff, right? Um, so the conspiracy theory in my house was that, like, probably Scientology had gotten involved, but the winning argument was likely... Do you want to give her all your stuff? Are you 100% sure you want to stay with her forever? And if you don't, do you want to have to, like, do this big payout? Right. So I suspect there was a prenup situation and that this came down to dollars and cents. And that's why he did it so abruptly before their 10th anniversary. And I think she probably was blindsided, right? Like, it sounds like they were trying to expand their family, like, you also don't think that your husband's would be such a dick that even if he wants to leave you, he'll leave you right after a pregnancy loss. Yeah. Like, but I, he just comes off as so unsympathetic here. Yeah. Also, Barbara Walters, when she wants to be, very good interviewer. That was a great series of questions. Barbara Walters is stunning when she really tries. <laughs> it's not herself mm-hmm. a villain in the dynamic. Yeah. Like, there's been a lot of bad ones, but there's been some damn good ones. And you're right, because she got him to say yes or no to something. And that's pretty tough. If you pay attention, Tom Cruise over the years never gets personal in an interview. He just doesn't do it. And in this case, this is the littlest bit that we ever really got from him. But we'll get into that a little bit more. Because my favorite part of this entire drama is one everybody should know. Moments after leaving her lawyer's office to sign the divorce papers, Nicole stepped out in an admittedly unfortunate outfit, but that's not the point. In that moment, her arms are stretched out wide. She's practically dancing along the sidewalk. Eyes closed, her face in a grin. She's elated. These are iconic images, which you should go look up right now if you haven't already seen them, of a woman freed and they've even become a beloved meme in the years since Mm -hmm. and a testimony to leaving a relationship that does not serve you. Better yet, it seemed like the moment she divorced Tom, her career got better and better, which is something because during the relationship, let's not forget, she felt a major imbalance and as though she was an accessory to Tom's success. After a minor break, she did Moulin Rouge, The Others, and then, of course, The Hours, in which she played Virginia Woolf and wore a fake nose. 
It was a good fake nose. These movies put her on an endless media tour when it was probably the hardest, and she had to talk about Tom quite a lot. Mm -hmm. But all that work paid off because she was nominated for an Oscar months after their split for Moulin Rouge and won Best Actress for The Hours in 2003, just shortly after. Her career since then has, I don't need to tell any of you, skyrocketed. She dominates the big screen, the small screen, all the screens. And I'd say her career has even eclipsed Tom's. Mm -hmm. Ah, good revenge. Here's the clip of her discussing the Soraya's post-divorce during a Women in the World panel in 2015. So um, I then sort of embraced my own life and I got myself together and it took me a number of years. And during that time, I worked a lot. The work was um, a great place for me to exist. Mm -hmm. And um, and then that culminated in um, winning an Oscar. And that caused an epiphany, which was, I'm actually, this is not the answer. This is actually holding this gold statue in, um, and I was sitting in the Beverly Hills Hotel, and it was all extraordinary, and I was the loneliest I'd ever been. Nicole, naturally, did not stay lonely. She married country singer Keith Urban in 2006. The pair are still together and very much loved up and, again, shared two daughters. Sarah, how much do we love this for Nicole? I think she's great. She's so gracious. She's so diplomatic. She's so poised. Like, I, I do find her genuinely inspirational because it's not toxic positivity. She's not like, oh, things were always great no. for me at all. She yeah. does talk about hardship. She talks about trauma. I mean, we have to remember that she's an incredibly rich white woman, so it never gets that bad for her. But I'm so happy that she got through that and that there was meaning and that she took her broken heart and turned it into art, as the meme says to do. Ooh. No, I think she seems like a lovely person. I don't actually know her, but... Neither of us do, but we do love her. <laughs> I do love her. Yeah, I love yeah. her. This parasocial relationship I have with her is a strong one. It's very healthy. <laughs> it's ironic because I think it's part of her appeal. She's like an old school celebrity. People don't really do this anymore. They they are never this candid. And she does it in a way where she shares just enough, never too much. Mm. And she does it in a way where her emotion is what's on the surface. And as you said, Sarah, that's really what makes her such a great actress too. So then... You know, you could say the opposite for Tom, who never really puts it out there. And maybe that makes sense. I mean, what's so appealing about Tom is his action movies, where emotion is not really a part of the equation. Now, as for Tom, after his split from Nicole, he delved deeper into Scientology, because why uh -huh. not? He also went on to marry actress Katie Holmes, which led to his infamous couch-jumping moment with Oprah, where he said he'd never been happier and was ecstatic. I can only imagine how Nicole felt. He was like a cute little popcorn popping. It was a wild time and had him covering every tabloid, his name in every headline. He and Katie, however, did divorce in 2012, the rumor for this again being Scientology. She's rarely discussed the relationship and the marriage, but mm -hmm. Tom admitted Katie filed for divorce partly because of his involvement with the church. During his deposition for a defamation case against Bauer Media, whose publications claimed he abandoned their daughter, Suri, Tom grew very angry when asked if Katie left him to keep Suri safe from the church. He said, quote, there is no need to protect my daughter from my religion. Okay, Tom. Right. But as you... <laughs> But as he was pushed by lawyers to answer the question, Tom admitted, did she say that? That was one of the assertions, yes. He also revealed that Suri was no longer a member of the church. The lawyers kind of pulled like a Barbara Walters there, mm -hmm. but they got it out of him. 
Mm-hmm. Now, once someone leaves the church, it's important to remember that they're labeled a suppressive person who is cut off from family, much the same way Nicole was rumored to have been years before. However, we do know Tom still has a relationship with Surrey as they've been seen by paparazzi at various times over the years, even with Katie, and as recently as earlier this year. And as for his career, I am sorry to tell you all, but it does remain impressive. I'd even say he's been having an especially impressive run in the last five years with Mission and possible still pulling in incredible box office numbers and stunts from him, along with the Edge of Tomorrow franchise and a Top Gun sequel on the way. The new rise may be due to his non-existent romantic life post-Katie. He was rumored recently to be with his um, Mission Impossible co-star Haley Atwell, but it was really a rumor. Um, no. Yeah, I don't think no. it's true. It's worth mentioning, though, because Daily Mail, they love that relationship. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Still, maybe it's best he stays away from romance because there does seem to be something going on there. Whenever he's, whenever his personal life is not in the tabloids, he does way better career-wise and people love to talk about him. Sarah, what do you think went through Tom's head from the time of his split with Nicole to a split with Katie? Has he changed? Do, or do we just blame Scientology? No. Okay. <laughs> no, not very much. I don't think he does a lot of critical thinking about like, oh, how am I at fault? How yeah. can I change? Like, I think he is a super confident, hot, rich white guy who's like, I'm perfect. All the women I'm with are the problem. Um, and my religion is perfect because I chose it or it chose me and I'm their messiah. And if if they think I'm great, then it must be great. Like, I think he has incredibly healthy self-esteem and I don't think he's very self-aware. So that's my very cynical take on Tom Cruise. I agree with you. He's having a bit of a renaissance. I think one of the reasons he's doing so well is he stopped trying to win an Oscar, which... <laughs> was never going to happen. Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) He's accepted who he is, which is a great action star. Like, honestly, his action movies are top-notch. He is a master of that genre. I don't think he has a lot of range. Sarah, Um, you have not seen Magnolia, okay? I encourage you to go do that. He's playing himself. (laughs) Yeah, this is a debate we're going to have later. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be disrespectful. I know you love that movie, and I love P.T. Anderson, and you're right. He is good in that. I just think that P.T. Anderson cast him as himself. I think he understood. You're not wrong. (laughs) You're not wrong. I mean, this is the thing. You cannot be disrespectful when Tom's whole thing is to be disrespectful. He's a mess. He's a goddamn mess. It's impossible to defend him, although I do also encourage you to watch American Made. That's another great one. Good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Great movie. Great performance. Anyway, is he a mess? Absolutely. (laughs) And I think part of the reason it's easier for me to be a fan lately is because he's not schlepping Scientology every other second lately. Mm-hmm. And the media is mm-hmm. helping him do mm-hmm. that. I mean, how many segments has he had with James Corden where they're just hanging out together and having a great time and Tom feels like the friendliest, nicest, most awesome man? Which, by the way, is part of his public persona that he's so nice to everybody and he's so giving. And he's got a little bit of a Tom Hanks reputation in that way, which is obviously in conflict with who he seemed to be in his relationships. I agree with you, Sarah. I think... How has he never looked back on this and thought if he was so in love with Nicole and then so in love with Katie that he jumped on Oprah's couch with, with, I believe, his shoes on? Mm -hmm. Then why Mm -hmm. did he never stop and think, okay, this is not a three-way relationship with David Miscavige. This is the two of us. I got to make it work. It doesn't really make sense to me. Um, And I hope that he does think about it one day, but it does seem like this is his priority in life devastating. This brings us to our final segment, Hindsight, is 2021, where we choose the one moment that we might have handled differently if we were the subject of this story. 
I shouldn't have done that. Sarah, what would that be for you? I mean, if I were Tom, everything. Like, I would just do everything differently. (laughs) Um, And I also wouldn't post-divorce. This is the thing that I think is the most disrespectful. Post-divorce, when he's rebuilding his love life, he jumps on Oprah's couch in his shoes, as you mentioned. He ruined Oprah's couch. Like, no, that's not okay, right? Like, you don't do that. I'm sorry. That sacrilegious, not okay. Oprah is my religion, okay, Tom? So I will <laughs> I will fight you if you disrespect her, okay? Um, so I co-sign this. That's my yeah. big thing. What about you? I fully co-sign that. I'm with you. Um, all I personally want is for Tom Cruise to realize he could be the star he started out as with less of the crazy if he just leave it all behind. Because I do think that that is ultimately what drove him and Nicole apart. I really think that's it. And, you know, Hollywood does love its eccentric, so he's always going to have a place. Nicole's also always going to have a place, more so probably for her actual talent and great personality. (laughs) But I do believe um, Tom let the church get to him and his relationships with Nicole and Katie. And that's heartbreaking because I also really do think he was in love and particularly had something special with Nicole. Go back and look at any photo of him gazing at her, okay? And you will see it too. I think the power trip the church gives him, though, is just too strong and Mm -hmm. nothing else compares. As you said, they do see him as a messiah. That's not even mincing words. And it's become more significant to him than possibly even his family. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate because I'd really like to fangirl Ethan Hunt in peace, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, on that note, we've reached the end of this episode. In our next one, we're going to be talking all things momagers and dadagers. And I don't just mean Her Highness Kris Jenner. You don't want to miss it. Now, if you want to hear more from me, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Sadafasan. Sarah, where can our listeners find you? Listeners can find me at Sarah Sahagian. And if you liked this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe so other listeners can find us too. Thanks for listening. 